darling of my heart Say till the sun goes down Shady Grove, my little love Shady Grove, I know Shady Grove, my little love Found a shady It is time for Talking Music on your Mountain Grown Community Radio, KVNF. Today we bring you something a little special. KVNF DJs The Virginia Kid and Phil Fettuccini sit down with Sam Grisman of Sam Grisman Project. This interview was originally recorded backstage at the Paradise Theater in Paonia before Sam Grisman Project performed. Since the recording of this interview, the band has released an album titled Temple Cabin Sessions Volume 1. We'll be featuring some tracks off of that album today throughout the interview. We hope you enjoy.
Folks, this is Lawrence, the Virginia Kid, and I have Phil Fettuccini with me here doing an interview of the great Sam Grisman. Oh. How you doing? Stop it now. <laughs> the great. I'm just decent. I'm good. <laughs> We're here with the decent Sam Grisman. <laughs> Howdy, y'all. So what do you think of our town so far? Oh, man, I've had a great time in Paonia so far. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. Beautiful place. Yeah, we uh, we are very proud of where we live and, and the music that's come through here over the years. And, of course, KBNF uh, has been a part of this valley now for 40 years. And we're so glad that you're here playing at the Paradise Theater tonight. Man, thanks for welcoming us into your community. It's really special to be here. So how did the first leg of the tour go? First leg of the tour was incredible. Um, it exceeded all of our expectations, which we tried to keep to a minimum. <laughs> but we all had an incredible time and we sold more tickets than expected and we made lots of folks happy and we played about 190 different songs in 16 dates. The most we repeated anything was about five times and so people who decided to follow us around on the tour really got a different experience every night which was really special for them and for us. Well obviously you saw a lot of people when you were growing up come through your house uh and I'm guessing maybe you aren't old enough to remember Jerry personally. I, I do remember Jerry. Um, I remember how our space felt when Jerry was around, and I remember how his laugh sounded. And I remember a few things, like that he used to call me Squirt, <laughs> and, uh, and that my parents used to let him smoke cigarettes. He was like this singular person they would allow to smoke cigarettes in our house. Right. So, you know, I just, you know, scent is the, the sense tied closest yeah. to memory. And I like remember a little bit of what he smelled like, and then what our obviously what our space smelled like, which is basically just cigarettes and weed instead of just the weed. <laughs> that is so awesome. Do you, you know? Uh, do you remember any really? Do you have any interesting stories from people that were in the house at all? Anything that sticks out in mind? Well, I was five and a half or so when he passed away, and about to start kindergarten, so I don't have like any personal anecdotes where I remember like a conversation that you know Jerry and I had but I've heard from so many family friends and just deadheads over the years that he really had an affinity for kids and I could feel that you know mm -hmm. in my interactions with him but also you know all that music that my dad and he made in the early 90s was recorded at my house right. and I just remember the rehearsals and the sessions just being a part of the everyday fabric of life, you know? And so a lot of my earliest memories and, and all of my earliest musical memories are of my father and, and friends like Jerry making music, whether it was Jerry or Tony Rice or right. um, Doc Watson Doc came Watson, and right. recorded, you know, in, in maybe 1996 or so. But that Not For Kids Only record that got made mm -hmm. in 92 or 93, that was my mother's idea, actually for Jerry to sort of who she viewed as sort of a father figure to this whole community to, to sing a record of kids songs. That is fantastic. And, um, it's a great album. That's one of my favorite records ever made. And, right. and I feel like the concept for that was sort of hatched, you know, at my house because I was a little kid and I had young friends hanging out and, and, uh, there's this picture that Jerry drew the album cover of, that was adapted from a photograph that was published in Entertainment Weekly that was of my dad and Jerry playing on our porch to, like, m m me and my friends, essentially. And uh, 
And so I'm kind of on the cover of not for kids only. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. And, you know, the, the Melu you grew up in has continued, obviously. And, and how does that transcribe into what you're playing on, on the road these days? Do you carry, how much of that do you carry forward? We're, we're playing a lot of, we're focusing kind of on the catalog of my dad and Jerry's, but also branching out into their individual catalogs. And um, just in the spirit of their fierce individualism, we're not trying to sound like those guys, and, and we're also trying to play original music um, in, in every set, you know? And, um, but we respect that people have this passion for this material, and, you know, we're trying to carry that forward into the space.
Tell us about your band. Yeah, well, uh, we're primarily a four-piece, but but um, we're a little modular, so we can add a fifth member when we when we choose. And we have so many dear friends who um, are just a integral part of our musical story that we've been adding our great friend Alex Hargraves on the fiddle um, occasionally, and we have here tonight our great friend Dominic Leslie, and um, he's playing the mandolin. He just won a Grammy the other day. Wow. Um, he plays with Molly Tuttle and Golden Highway and he and Rick and I were roommates in college, but we all met when we were teenagers through the, the, uh, community of sort of fiddle camps and stringed instrument camps. Um, my dad and Mike Marshall and Chris Thiele started a camp called the Mandolin Symposium. And in 2004, uh, that was the first year of that program, um, I was sort of the token bass player, but the mandolin playing kids who came to that event, there were maybe 200 mandolin players and maybe 15 kids. Um, but in that number, there was Jared Walker, who plays with Billy now, Dominic Leslie, Jake Jolliffe, who uh, took Jeff Austin's place in the Yonder Mountain String Band, Rick Robertson, who's like my favorite songwriter on the planet, Sarah Jarose, who's won like seven Grammys, and is one of my dear, dear friends. I'm sure I'm forgetting some folks. Uh, Bryce Milano, another incredible mandolin player. But basically, we all kind of met each other. Thoffman? Thoffman never came to the mandolin symposium. But he, but Banish he, him. No, <laughs> no, let him live, let him live. We, lo- we we'll love Paul. <laughs> but it is amazing, this community, this generation of new grass bands that are out now, and they were so, you know, playing with each other all the time. Uh, speaking of your... Uh, your band i noticed that for instance rick and aaron especially both tend to play a lot of different instruments how many instruments will they play on tonight you think well um i anticipate rick will you know play some mandolin and some mandola although we have dominic here tonight so he might just concentrate on the mandola for the acoustic portions of the sets but he'll definitely play keys and electric guitar and aaron uh he'll play 
keys and electric guitar and he'll flat pick some during the acoustic portion and play this uh 1945 d28 that my dad has uh given us for this cause and we're also playing uh his 1914 uh h4 mandola that was featured on some seminal dog and garcia grisman recordings but that was actually get. It's not really his anymore. He gave it to me when I was twenty-one. All right. <laughs> He's not getting it back. It's been he? on permanent loan to, to various mandolin playing friends since that time, and, and we call it Nelson Mandola. <laughs> well, that's awesome. That not just does the music gets passed down, and you know the knowledge gets passed down. The inf- you know the instruments are getting passed down. Yeah, too, it's and, a really you know, special this thing. Is, this is continuity, and it you know it, it makes me all warm and fuzzy. That it really does. That this That's music awesome, is though. continuing and not fading away, which could have happened. We're we're doing it for ourselves, and we're doing it for people like you who actually care about this and and want it to see it continue and grow and change. And I recently got to meet and play with Bob Weir for the first time um, on the seventeenth of November, a day I'll never forget. Yeah, one of the Wood Brothers now, huh? <laughs> oh, I'm I'm Don wasn't. <laughs> um, but but my buddy Matt... we should explain that joke. Don was is the bass player for was, Bob, not Bob was. right now. <laughs> but my buddy Matt Bush, who's been Bobby's tour manager for a couple of decades now, and also uh, works with Dead and Company, he, my girlfriend, actually showed him a video of of our band, and he. he he dug it, but also noticed that, you know, oh, there's an upright bass player. I need a sub for this gig, you know. And, and so I got really lucky on that one. And uh, I played a benefit at the Sweetwater, which is in Mill Valley, California, the town I grew up in. And a lot of people would just assume that, you know, I grew up around all the, the dead guys. But basically, my dad and Jerry were really, really close. And, and uh, I didn't really meet any of those other guys. I was around Phil a little bit when I was a little kid. My dad played some Phil and Friends shows, but later in life, I just didn't have much exposure to those cats. But I got to play two sets of music with Bobby and and connect with him musically. And right around that time, he gave this beautiful interview for for uh, CBS Sunday Morning. Yeah, and And he talked a lot about how it's just a necessity for this music to continue on. It's like like what we're experiencing, and he didn't put it this way, but it's sort of like the genrefication of the Grateful Dead music and the catalog that they played. And, um, you know, the music never stopped, but it, it needs to uh, grow it's and adapt. It's part of the adapt. Great American Songbook now. It, it, it is. It's, it's becoming that way. amongst the kind of musicians you may have never met any, but, you know, you could probably whip out a Bertha, you know. Yeah. I mean, and these songs that Jerry and Robert Hunter wrote are some of the greatest songs ever written by anyone in any idiom. And and Bobby and, and John Perry Barlow wrote some incredible ones as well. And, and our emphasis is definitely on the Jerry songs because that's sort of where my experience comes from. And I just have like these really sweet memories, you know, of Jer and of him and my dad playing some of this music and then also kind of have this thought like, what if, what if it hadn't ended and had c- carried on, you know, what, what would they have played and how would it have sounded? And, and once again, we're not really trying to sound like my father and Jerry. We're trying to sound like our, our friend group that's been playing music together for several decades now. And, um, and we have that chemistry 
to lead on. And but, so many bands do that now. Is they're they're not just trying to be Jerry copies. You have bands that do that. That's yeah. their shtick. Right. They're you preservationists. Know, you want to go see that? You go see DSO or you know, right. You go and they're see amazing. Melvin or whatever. But so many of these other bands are interpreting the music through their own eyes. Right. And that's what's expanding it. And that's what makes this music timeless because it can be interpreted so many different ways and is evolving through cats like you. This is it's awesome. It's it's really a, an honor to get to participate. And, um, you know, my dad and Jerry only played about 11 shows and, and Jerry gave interviews talking about how he wanted to bring it to Red Rocks and they never really played outside of California. Old in the way in this, in the early seventies played a few dates on the East coast, but generally any live performing that my dad and Jerry did together was all West coast. And, um, they also never got around to playing a lot of the songs that they recorded together on the stage, including like basically everything that was recorded on not for kids only with the exception of when first unto this country, which is actually my favorite song on that record and the least overtly a kid's song, you know, it's kind of just like a sad ballad. <laughs> so that's one that I sing in our set. And we're, we're, we do a lot of the songs off of that record. And I, I realized the other day, you know, when we did Jenny Jenkins, I was like, man, I'm not really sure anybody has ever played this live. I mean, I'm sure they have somewhere, but you know, it hasn't made it to the setlist.fm archive yet, you know, and I feel like it's important for somebody to carry this particular torch into the the jam band landscape and you're making a really valid point because a lot of those older shows weren't taped and now your shows you they'll know, all be taped, somebody's yeah. taping they're yeah. up on e-tree they're in BitTorrent, and then they're in the archive that videos on youtube in less than two days so. yeah. yeah but the main we thing encourage is that all that music actually now could be archived in electrons right um, but you got to play it right big time awesome. I have seen a video of y'all. Who were y'all playing with when you did Jenny Jenkins? That's on uh, YouTube. Is it? Um... We did. We we've done it maybe three or four times. One time we did it with with Eric and Susie Thompson and Chad Manning playing fiddle. And that was at the Sweetwater, and that was right before the great Peter Owen came and sat in with us. And we did our little uh, mini moon segment where we played Moonshiner, which is a traditional tune that he recorded in the '80s. And then we played probably my two favorite Peter Owen songs, which were also two of the songs that Jerry recorded and kind of made his own. But we played uh, Mississippi Moon and Midnight Moonlight. So what's in the future for you looking down the road? We're pretty busy and, uh, you know, we want to we want to take this music to as many folks as as will listen to it. And so for for us, I think that means we need to go everywhere. But I hear the dudes. Yep. You're gonna have to wrap <laughs> we up. We all hear it. Well, sound check. You're missing sound check. I'm brother. missing my own sound check. <laughs> we are not easing you in very well, are we? <laughs> we will definitely be at some festivals, but not if we don't make it through this sound check. That's right. All right, Sam. We want to thank you so much <laughs> yes, for joining thank you us very for a few minutes. Nice yeah. to meet you. Thank you. Yeah, great to meet you guys. All right, happy trails. Awesome. Put your arms around me like a circle around the sun. I want 
love me mama like my easy rider done don't believe i love you what a fool i've been you don't believe i'm sinking what a hole i'm in stealing stealing pretty mama won't you tell on me And I love, she's just my height and size. Married gal, come to see me sometimes. You don't believe I love you. What a fool I've been. You don't believe I'm sinking. What a hole I'm in. Stealing, stealing. Pretty mama, won't you tell on me? You've been listening to Talkin' Music on KVNF, your mountain-grown community radio. You just heard an interview between KVNF DJs, the Virginia Kid, Phil Fettuccini, and Sam Grisman of Sam Grisman Project. For more Talkin' Music programming, you could visit our website, kvnf.org. Thanks, as always, for listening. You don't believe I'm sinking